Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Well, it's been quite a week already, hasn't it? The government are in a lot of trouble because apparently they got it all wrong over COVID. We're going to be telling you why. Because now it's time for Plank of the Week. Welcome to another sparkling edition of the world's favourite television programme, uh, which might be a slight exaggeration, but I'm generally uh, very, very excited to introduce to you a proper person, a proper star, a man who's never done Plank of the Week before. It is Lawrence Fox. Lawrence, very good and warm welcome to you. Thank you, Mike. It is the greatest show on earth. I think it is, and it's getting better every week. But I can also say that Kevin O'Sullivan joins us too for what can only be described as the first and only, so far, all-male panel because normally we have at least a token woman on it, but not this week. Apparently. This is our tribute to diversity. Yes, it and is. Inclusivity. It is. Exactly. He's a diversity hire. <laughs> he is a diversity hire, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Now, since you're uh, here for the first time, Lawrence, why don't we kick off with your first nomination for Plank of the Week? Sajid Javid. Excellent. Hey, always a winner. <laughs> yeah. He's been on before. <laughs> Has he? I mean, I thought Hancock was bad. But yeah. But then Sajid turns up, and, um, and he was on Radio 4, and he's sitting there going, talking about care home workers, and he goes... If they want to do this, and if they want to clean up, and they want to feed people, then they should get jabbed, or they should go and get another job. And you're like, you, these people wipe people's bums for right. a living for nothing, for nothing, for like five yeah, pounds the, an hour or something. The lowest, uh, you know, members of society that we should be really protecting, and it just shows how far we've come in two years that an elected official mm. can sit there and sneer down and stamp on the necks of the yeah. poor. And I just, uh, and especially him. Mm. I was just like, come on, mate, you're the health secretary. You should exactly. be caring about people. By the way, he's talking tough about care homes uh, and he hasn't got the guts to talk tough about the NHS. So uh, they feel safe saying you cannot work in care homes unless you've been double jabbed. But they daren't say it about the NHS because there's about 120,000 NHS staff who have refused the jab. And if they fired all of them, like they're firing people in care homes, the NHS would grind to a halt. So yeah. I wouldn't put too much store about Sajid Javid's tough talk. And this is also the same week where the government have been accused of sending elderly residents out of hospital back to care homes where they all died, where an awful lot of them died, mm. because they didn't care about them. Mm. So why do they care about them now? It's appalling. It really is. Um, it, 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 it's just, it, what frightens me is, if two years ago, that would have been, uh, there would have been an uproar. Yeah. How dare you speak about the, the lowest um, paid bikes in society yeah. who do the, one of the hardest jobs for... Yeah, where's the Labour Party on this, by the way? Um, they're off pronouning. I forgot to and say that you're servicing. also... I forgot to say that you're also the leader of the Reclaim Party, by the way. Yes. The I lead... missed that out on the, on the introduction, but I'm not doing it again. 
Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Luckily, we're not in an election period either, so we can say it without fear or favour. We're in pe- we're in peacetime. We're in peacetime, as you yeah. call it. Yeah. How's it all going? The reclaimed party, anyway. Yeah, it's good. You know, cultural jihad. Mm. That's what I do. Yeah. I go out there and say things that other people won't say. Yes. Because they're fired. <laughs> certainly do. <laughs> they're, they're, they're worried about being fired. Yes. Because, you know, and it's. The, I think that's probably what politicians do. I as think well. that's like, what politicians do. You got yeah. a cervix. Um, yeah. uh, women, do they yeah. exist? Can you define a woman? Uh, no, not yet. I don't think so. No, yeah. can, you, can we Why move can't on? People like Keir Starmer understand the the awful nature of the sexism of saying uh, that you can't say women are yeah. people with cervixes. I know. It is so sexist uh, to deny women their right to exist. It's also yeah, kind yeah. of a ridiculous conversation. I don't want to be discussing, you know, the internal organs that people have. I mean, why would you? It doesn't make any sense. The other thing about Sajid Javid is that this week he's already started the old, um, you know, vaccination mandate scenario where he's now saying to parents, oh, by the way, because only 11%, I think, of kids have yes, actually yes, taken yes. up yeah. uh, the Good. option of, ta- of getting jabbed yeah. between the ages of 12 and 15. And he's going, well, of course, you might not be able to get uh, a proper face-to-face schooling unless you get jabbed. Oh, really? We didn't care about that last year either. Well, no. last, last week's line was you can't go to the school disco unless you get jabbed. And the, the point Thank is... Thank for that. If you I never the, enjoyed the school disco. If you, if you, <laughs> you weren't invited. Uh, no, if you read the papers on Sunday, they're all full of, uh, you know, Sunday Times, for example, has a huge piece saying, why have the vast majority of school children not been vaccinated? And it wasn't just... All the papers had these kind of mystery pieces. What is the mystery of why so many... Many children have not been vaccinated, not been double jabbed. And, and, and in the reasons given, nowhere could you find parental reluctance. Right. Yeah. That parents are well, not allowing their That's not allowed to be discussed because that is defying the state. I've had to, I've, I think it's appalling that the state have put their hand into the family in that way. And yeah, it just, yeah. it's just ridiculous. But I, my children have both been totally indoctrinated by me. Have they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always good to know. I just indoctrinated the hell out of them mm. because you know who knows I've got someone contacted me the other day and said that they came in to do the schools and they hadn't got the parents hadn't got an email because it was an administrative error oh, yeah. and I love the fact that Brits nine out of ten Brits have finally gone hmm there's a line I think we don't want to cross yeah, that line I think it'll probably right. go up but I think that's right and and I think we're all surprised at how the line has actually moved to a place you never thought it would go no but at least I think finally parents have just said well hang on a minute because the reason they haven't explained it to people. And when they said, oh, well, it's all right because your child might be able to give full consent uh, after learning about it. Well, you can't give full consent because they can't tell you the answer to any question. Because if you say to them, is there a risk that I might be damaged by this? They can say no, but that's not true. And if you say, could my, could my sort of health be damaged in the long run? They can't say because they don't know. So well, how can you give consent? It's pure speculation, but I think I'm right that the reason 90% of uh, 12 to 15 year olds in England is 25% in Scotland. So it's all, up, over, it? all yeah. over the country, the, the majority of kids have not been jabbed. In Britain, it is, in England rather, it's the vast majority, 90%. Right. Uh, and uh, much was made of the fact that kids can actually overrule their parents mm. in terms of having the jab. But in the, in the vast majority of cases, uh, kids are going to go along with their parents. Yes. If their mum and dad said, don't get the jab, they won't get well, the my jab. Kids and that's why made it 90% quite clear. haven't been jabbed. Well, my it's kids' school good. made it quite clear they would not get in the middle of that. If a, if a child wanted to have a jab and the parents didn't, 
that they would have a counselling session. They wouldn't take the kid's word for it, you know, because mm. I'm quite old-fashioned when it comes to being a parent. I don't actually think my teenage children are on equal footing to me because I pay for their entire existence, and so they're going to do what I tell them. Frankly. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be the case with most kids. Most kids, you know, respect and look up to their parents, and they yeah. do what their parents say, and um, less so... They worship me, literally. So, well, well I wouldn't go the back Guardian had a bit, the, Guardian, <laughs> the Guardian had a bit this morning, which I um, was reading, where they were going... It was talking about the the instance of myocarditis in boys, double jab boys, yeah, which yeah. is real, which is significant. It's worth talking about. Yeah. And they said one of the doctors said, "Yeah, well, what we might be able to do is mix it up with vaccines and and or try different doses, and and we'll work See it out it as time goes by." Yeah, like, okay, great. So it's guinea pigs. But some of these, you know, some of these mad scientists are actually mad scientists now of course because they are. they're kind of yep. going. But this is, you know, how you know you would never have your life governed by a doctor yeah. or a medical yeah, expert. Yeah. Why are we having well, him doing it now? You know, so social media is full of doctors, qualified doctors, saying there is absolutely no risk to children whatsoever mm. from the COVID jab. How do you know? They don't That's know. the whole point. It hasn't been able to be tested in the long term. Or discussed. This is the problem with all of this stuff. It mm. all boils down. It's not about so much a vaccine or anything else. It's like we're not allowed to have a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And if you shut down the That's conversation, right. then people don't trust. Yeah. And if they think that by smashing people and coercing and nudging and nudging... Mm. you at some point, you'll. What, what do you do next when yeah. people won't take that thing? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's extraordinary. I uh, wonder where it's all going to go. But anyway, let's go for your Relax. first one. Uh, my first one is along those lines, actually. Uh, my first one is, uh, I think he's the Deputy Chief Medi- Medical Officer, uh, Jonathan Van Tam, oh, yeah. known to his friends as Jean-Claude. <laughs> uh, he, he uh, at the weekend, uh, issued this sort of statement. So he said, because of all the lockdowns, and the social distancing we've been practising for more than a year now. Uh, the nation... Uh, I didn't realise we were just practising. Yeah, practising. We've almost got it down pat now. I mean, yeah. Perfect. Um, uh, we have left ourselves a dangerously with a dangerously low resistance to flu. Oh, yeah. And so now 60,000 people apparently this summer could die from the flu because our resistance is so low. So I tweeted back, well, Jonathan, thanks, Prof. Uh, who Whose fault is that then? I think it's you. You told us to keep locking down. You told us to socially distance. Mm. And now you're telling us, because we did what you said, we have left ourselves with a dangerously low resistance to a disease which is probably just as dangerous as COVID. Mm. So these medical people uh, constantly giving us this advice, which shifts and changes like sand dunes, uh, and they seem to proceed with impunity. So no one's giving him a hard time when they should do. And if you took this report today, we're recording this on the day of the parliamentary report report into the COVID crisis. Uh, And everyone is going, oh, Boris Johnson, the government, they're terrible, they're terrible. And uh, resignations must be in the the pipeline. uh, Someone's got to take the blame. That report also says that uh, when the, uh, obviously the charge is that they didn't lock down early enough. Uh, I thought generally now it was uh, conceded that lockdowns don't work anyway. At all. So why did we bother anyway? So, so, but let's just take their viewpoint anyway. That we didn't lock down early enough. Uh, and the government's taking all the blame for that. The, this report also says that when the government did that, they were acting on the advice 
of Chris Whitty, Sir Patrick Valance and Sage. So it is the medical advice right. that got us into this mess. And none of those medical people are taking any of the blame. It isn't our politicians that should be considering their position. It is our medical right. elite, but our of course, experts. You've also fallen, gave for, wrong the, advice. They've fallen oh, for the bear trap, though, here, because what you're being asked to believe is that there was no flu last year because everybody was wearing a mask and not going out, which, first of all, isn't true, yeah. because loads of people were going dig, out dig, dig, and loads dig. of people weren't wearing a mask. Lots yeah. of people were going yeah. to work. You know, the, the real yeah. people of, of Britain, we find out, mostly, were actually going to work. So how about maybe the people who died of flu actually died of flu last year, mm. but they counted them as COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Well, yeah. everyone was COVID. They tried to make my mum COVID. Right. They were desperate. Just before, I think her, her last That's words, her second thing. last words were, don't let me, them make me a COVID death. <laughs> I'm like, you've got all things to think about, about that moment, Mum. <laughs> no, but the, this is the thing. But this is the thing, you know, we're, we're sort of castigating ourselves for having so many big numbers in the COVID deaths column. But you don't even know if they're all if they should all be there. Yeah. And all that happened as a result was we got sort of branded the pariah of Europe. We couldn't go anywhere. Because yeah. every European country went, no thanks, you've got too many COVID well, deaths. Well, my essential point about Jonathan Van Tam and the rest of his ilk is this. When he says, oh, we're now dangerously unresistant to the flu, at no point does he say, and this basically is our fault, because we got yeah. you to yeah. lock down right. and socially distance for a year, so all your resistances to other uh, conditions uh, faded away. It's their fault, right. and yet no concession to that there. So but don't Jonathan worry, because you can always get another flu So Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is definitely plank of the week. <laughs> he certainly is. Now, I'm going to go for somebody that until literally a couple of hours ago I'd never heard of as a woman called Sam. Ali Rooney, who's apparently quite a celebrated author. I'd never heard of her. Normal She's People. The yeah, big Normal BBC people. Three. Oh, is that, is that the show yeah, that everybody yeah, watched? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's why it's see, such a successful See, program. I'm so out of touch with you guys in the zeitgeist because, um, you know, I mean, you're formerly of the television world. I still watch Lewis. Darling, you know? I still am. I, I know I, you're I, in... I'm, that's the other thing I'm I haven't temporarily, mentioned. Temporarily, I'm, t- I'm taking a sabbatical from my cancellation. Yeah. would never be in a show called Normal People. No. They wouldn't fit the mould. No, they wouldn't want you no. in that. But, but no, but you're going to be Joe Biden's son, aren't you? I am. Hunter Biden. As it were. I forgot to put that in the intro, so I'm still not doing it. Come on. Come on. I mean, he's got so many strings to his bow. The man who would be Hunter Biden. Yeah. Tell us about Sally Rooney. So Sally Rooney, right, has written a new book, um, a second novel, um, is uh, called Beautiful World. But apparently it's not a beautiful world because uh, she thinks parts of it are not very nice at all. Now... um, the first book, Normal People, translated to 46 different languages, right? But she has now issued a statement in which she says that she does not mean, she doesn't, don't, does not want Beautiful World, Where Are You, uh, to be translated into Hebrew. So she's refusing to sell the rights to uh, an Israeli-owned publishing house, who, which wants, and I presume they did to, put the last yeah. book out, and suddenly she's now had a change of heart. And she claims, right, uh, that it's because... She has, for now, chosen not to sell translation rights to an Israeli-based publishing house, um, even though she's very proud that previous novels have been translated into Hebrew. So it's all a bit of a mixed picture, really. Well, what's the actual reason that she... What's the actual word for somebody who does that? Well, she says... It's potentially, uh, the accusation could be... It begins with anti-sem... Anti... Yeah, there's a word for it, isn't it? Anti-sem... 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 It's not... Woke people are really often... 
<laughs> well, woke people clearly, tend, uh, woke people are very interested in Israeli and Palestinian yes. politics, and tend not to be so interested in British politics. Yes, isn't that funny? Because it says here that she was she was wishing to express her desire to support the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement, what? which is BDS, which, which is horrible. Something like a campaign that works to end international support for Israel's oppression of Palestinians and pressure Israel to comply with international law. So, in order to pursue that aim, she would uh, persecute all the people of Israel who want to read yes. her book. Yeah. And, and many people well, who speak Hebrew... I and think many people, call, one might be able to say that it, well, it's a, another word, isn't it? It begins with the R. Um, yes. Woke people are also really often yeah, that as well. they can be. Yeah, it ends in T, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, earlier this year, she continues, the international campaign group Human Rights Watch published a report entitled Their Threshold Crossed Israeli Authorities and the Crimes of Apartheid and Persecution. It goes on and on and on. But then she also says um, that she realises that there are other parts of the world which are also not very nice, but she can't basically tackle all the of them. That's unusual. She can't. The she can't support all of them. She says, "I'm responding to a call from Palestinian civil society, including all major Palestinian trade unions and writers' unions." I imagine this is woman's it, a millionaire, right? Is it going to be oh, translated sure. into Chinese? Well, for the for the Uyghurs, that's, that's a very good is. point. Yeah. And perhaps in some of the more, shall we say? Um, dictatorial countries of the Middle East, as well as Israel, yeah. such as Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, where homosexuality is outlawed, where people have their hands yeah. cut off, where women are stoned to death for adultery. I mean, Thrown off a building or crushed by a wall. Yeah, I mean, you know, why would she have it translated into yeah, those? If you go down that route, if you start uh, picking on countries, you're going to ban your book from uh, a whole slew of countries. Also, I mean, if you're part of the creative body of the world, which is, as a, as a writer, she is, it's a bit odd, isn't it, to say, basically, effectively, my book is now banned. I'm banning my own book. It it's is so arrogant, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I'm, I, I, know, uh, you know, I know more about Israeli Palestine. Yeah, She's probably yeah. read half an article in The Guardian yeah. while she was writing, you know, her Yes. Unboundedly talented books. Yes, and she's read. She's she's read half an article in the Guardian. She's yeah, right. Yeah. I'm with them. She, it's a, Can you it's imagine a, having dinner with them? It's a massive virtue it's, it's signal. Flat isn't out it, virtue. Well, signal, well it's not. Yeah. It's just flat out begins with R and ends in M. I mean, it is mad. It's a, you know, it's like uh, Jeremy Corbyn. It, it, he has. He had, as Labour leader, and still has, one foreign policy, uh, back Palestine, hate Israel. That's his only foreign policy. He doesn't even know where any other foreign countries are. I miss him. At least he knew that women had cervixes. He did. And, and, I mean, you know, he was quite fond of of women as well, was Jeremy Corbyn. He was quite... But, I mean, but this is typical of where we now find ourselves, isn't it? You know, with a woman who is by far and away over and above, she could probably go and buy... Uh, the Gaza Strip mm. and fill them all with, you know, houses with IKEA furniture in them. But she's rather just say, no, you can't have the book. It's an oh, absolutely pointless gesture, and it is virtue signaling. She's trying to advertise how wonderful she is to the world. Oh, boo-hoo. Anyway, so your second nominee. Oh, what have I got again? Oh, yes. Uh, the, it's, it's either DC Comics or it's Superman himself. <laughs> I can't work out... You can't blame right. Superman. It must be DC. Well, no, because... Okay, Superman has been re is got is there's a new iteration of Superman. Yes. You know, the man we looked up to, Christopher Reeve, yes. played him as a, when we were kids. Yeah, and right. he was he was a normal bloke. I'm who, old enough to remember the Bob Newhart sketch. Oh right. You know, when he Superman rings the dry cleaners to ask for his uh, stuff back. It's <laughs> very funny. It's one of those American comedians doing a one one monologue kind of joke. But that was what, that's when jokes were funny as yeah. well, back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, he um in his newest iteration, Superman is uh, for the comic book, Superman is fighting climate change 
Uh, oh, God, with, is with he? A, yeah, with everything he can. But he, <laughs> but he gets, climate he gets oh. so worn out yeah. from climate, fighting climate change that he finds love in the arms of a male photojournalist called Jay Nakamura. Ah. So that's every box tick. Is Jay Nakamura it? from Japan? Yeah. I don't know. I think Jay Nakamura is. I don't know. I'm right. not. I'm not sure. I haven't. I'm, I haven't read a lot of the comments. Right. I just find it uh, plankish. It is plankish because it's like it's we, we. We used to. It's, it's okay to have heroes, and I think the creator turned around and said, "I couldn't resist the opportunity not not to include another white savior." I'm like, well, you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't resist the opportunity to not star in Black Panther. Right. It's so pointless. Well, I was saying this earlier today, that surely if you're going to go down the woke route with Superman, you have to call him something else, don't you? How can he be Superman? Superperson. Doesn't he have to be Superperson? Or Super... Superperson. Super something other than... But it just kills our... Who asked for this? Who asked for this? I love it. And don't forget, this follows on from Robin becoming bisexual. He was always bisexual. Was that a thing for Batman? Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin was one of the greatest and most camp things of all time. The point is, is who asks for this? You know, were Superman fans, you know, bombarding the DC Comics head office saying, for God's sake, make Superman bisexual? They they decide this unilaterally and then assume everyone's going to go, aren't you wonderful? But actually, what everybody, uh, how everybody reacts is to say, aren't you pathetic? Yeah. Because it's unnecessary, isn't it? Well, Superman, the, the point of these sort of archetypal stories is that you have you you generate children who go okay so ordinary people mm. can be super yeah it's not like lgbtq every it's like you've got to have the whole yeah. list they can be super as well and they have to be gay and it's it's like no you can't You're do hunting. everything can you i don't want to know what sexuality someone is no. or what color of their skin is or what, i just want to know who they are yeah i don't want to know what superman or his son does in the best i certainly not with jay nakamura no i mean i've, I'm, I've, I've never liked I jay don't know. <laughs> i don't jay know jay nakamura's got a reputation i've never his jib i never yeah. have he's got a reputation at the at the Vauxhall tavern <laughs> that was there he was there the other night. i saw you there's the sort of people that go there but this is the point right we have a kind of ridiculous rewriting, not only of history, but of the present going on. People are actually rewriting stuff as it's happening. Yeah. You know, the next thing you'll see is newspapers not being able to publish stories about something because there'll be somebody going, oh, you can't write that. I well, think, not I think that's mark, going on big time. You're not mark uh, in America, in universities, mm. that now they're saying that uh, marking people's papers, is a, uh, exam papers, is a, is a thing of white supremacy. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> God, well, even if you're black. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine, you know, getting on, getting up, I, I got a degree in engineering. That's why I designed this plane. <laughs> well, did you see that story today about the engineering, where some woman well, who's... Well, the ingeniators. She's now said that, that it's, this is such a Ramonary thing to say, yeah. right? She's basically said that there are so many people using the word engineer to describe what they do, and they're basically not clever enough to be called engineers, yeah. because engineer is apparently a word which came from the word ingenious right. rather than the engine, right? So if you're a TV engineer, I'm sorry, you know, you don't matter. You're, you're not too a proper stupid. engineer. You might have even voted for Brexit or something. Yeah. You know? oh. you're probably if you're a sound, you know, if you're a sound like engineer, that, if you're a sound engineer, then that's not a proper no. engineer either. So they now want to change the word and call them in- ingeniators. 
behind this. Why? I mean, what? Why? Go right? and have another glass of Prosecco. Yeah, really. Honestly, yeah. just sod off another glass of Prosecco. I know. Exactly. It really would make a lot more sense. And then there was that school today. Loughborough. Oh, the, the bad the words, good and bad. We can't call children's behaviour So guess what bad. they've replaced the words uh, with? Yeah. They've replaced the good and bad with skillful and unskillful. There's no equivalence between no. good, bad and unskillful Genius. and skillful. Also, how is bad unskillful? I mean, just because you're yeah, unskillful no, just means no you don't know how to do something. It doesn't mean you're bad. It's like, as I said to you on the radio this morning, Mike, it's the linguistic inaccuracy that annoys me from a teacher saying, no, no, don't use the word good, use the word skillful. Also, but do you how think does that match it's up? De it's, that's deliberate. The whole They'll have to rename that Michael good. Jackson album, yeah. won't they? Yeah. Unskillful. Unskillful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really unskillful. I'm unskillful. I'm very, very unskillful. Yes. Right, what's your number two? Uh, British Airways. Uh, it's uh, similar to, uh, well, this, this is to do with uh, linguistic censorship, really. Uh, British Airways have announced uh, that uh, from now on, when you get on an aeroplane or you're waiting in the uh, waiting lounge, uh, you, this is your captain speaking. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen is now banned as a term. Thank God. You can... <laughs> oh, it was really hurt me every time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, uh, and this is because they want the, the airline wants to be uh, more diverse and inclusive. Inclusive is the word. Uh, and the, the, you know, the, got inclusive Lego now. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I, I mean, you're know. a parent. You have stepped on Lego yeah. the other night. Yeah. One of the most painful things you'd ever That's do. That's not an inclusive experience. Yeah. I don't know what inclusive Lego is. I'm afraid. Well, but I mean, more expensive and pointless. Yes. The point about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, is is that one of the reasons they gave is want to be more inclusive and they're worried that children may feel excluded oh, from God. the ladies and gentlemen. But they also, of course... Why? Only oh, because we've because turned children idiots. into massive little uh, douchebags. But they're obviously talking about non-binary people, trans people, all of whom they say will be offended uh, by not being included in the term ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, now, I say that none of them will be offended no, by this. Of course because, they you know, although British Airways obviously feel that if you're non-binary, trans or a child, you're an absolute moron, uh, I don't think that. No. I don't think they will be offended by the term ladies and gentlemen. And the point about British Airways, they make this decision unilaterally. How many complaints do you think they've had from customers and passengers one. over the years, ever? No, I'd say Maybe no. one tweet. I'd say, well, maybe one tweet... Maybe one tweet, but possibly zero. Yeah. They've made this decision of their own volition uh, because somehow or other they think that is in tune with the new woke orthodoxy that they must adhere to. Uh, and, uh, you know, when are we going to succeed in defeating this corporate cowardice? Yeah. This is what drives me that companies always fold uh, about this woke nonsense. Uh, and uh, if they could just start to stand up to it, and if companies like British Airways could realise just how pathetic, I mean, do they really think they're going to get more passengers? You think they're going to get more passengers? No, they're going to get fewer this. passengers. Very trans. I thought that would make trans people happy. Yeah, they, you know, you're saying ladies, you're and a lady, you're a gentleman, so you yeah. one you're, or the other. You're identifying it, and as far as non-binary, that just doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't. So it's like good luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, just... If my children are offended by that, I have a clip around the ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got to be done. You'll, <laughs> get the, 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 you'll get the social services round as well as everybody else has turned up at your house, right? I'll have a COVID mark. I'll be being held by a policeman. It's like I was, telling, I was telling Mike this morning. Excuse me, show, right? This You've is not a lie. When, when I was at school, we, we didn't necessarily need the words "you've been good" or "bad" because we knew when we'd be bad because the teachers would hit us. Yeah. <laughs> 
quite hard, I remember. Yeah, we had a guy who used to walk, walk past us behind our heads, look over our scenes and smack us yeah. with books. And yeah. It's like, yeah, stop yeah. it, beat me up. We had a great, we had a great, we had a great my... sort of several great sort of things and traditions at school. We had a discipline master who was called Mr. Bloomline. He used to take you up to the top of the, the, the school and beat you with a slipper. Nice. Um, and then there was another guy who used to call him Psycho, who was an English teacher. He used to grab <laughs> you around the throat and just put you up against the wall. And then they'd throw dusters at you. Yeah. You know, it was great. We really enjoyed it. Good old days. Fantastic. The last time I got the cane, I was 17 years old. I was in this headmaster, I won't name she him. She was, was cold. He was running at me and, you know, just giving me <laughs> as hard as he could. And I, and I, and I got, you know, it quite hurt. But it I was 17. And, right. and after the third one, he was giving me six of the best. I turned around and said, I'm 17. <laughs> Why are you doing it? this? <laughs> yeah, this is giving me a bit of a strange feeling. No, I think I think the not not smacking kids bike thing is quite good. I, yeah, it, I don't think you should. You know, smack but, kids. yeah, I, you should give kids a kids should not be offended. You know, my eldest son does often say no offence, but yes, he does say. Yeah. and he, I think it's very polite of him. He's not I think that's fine. Words. I think you raise a, you raise a point, an important uh, point. You have polite children. You should also yeah. they should also be polite, but they should also stand up for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. they should stand up for other. kids. Kids who are being bullied, and they should you should be taught you They're know values. Bullied, and you shouldn't imperfect. You shouldn't right. hit you shouldn't hit kids, but that you should certainly be able to say what you did there is good and what you did there is bad. You should be able to say that, mm. so, and, th- that and you should be able to look at them like that. Yeah, that's and what they as should know do. immediately <laughs> yes. to stop exactly. doing whatever exactly. piece of exactly. hellery that yes. the children are up to. Exactly. The time. Anyway, British Airways definitely. Well, I've fantastic. just realised right that I'm I'm going on a rather sort of um, literary bent today because <laughs> I'm going to now go for Sebastian Falk's <laughs> best-selling author. Birdsong, uh, bird yeah. which is a great book, I have to say. Oh, I he's read a brilliant it. writer, Sebastian. Fultz, I read right? it while no, no. one of my children was being born, and so there was like, you know, the labour pains going time, on though. over there. <laughs> well, I was just sitting there for ages and ages and ages, and it was, it was, you know... It's a boy. Your child's the, coming out. Not now. <laughs> the, the birth was actually more horrendous than the book, because it was quite graphic. It's a great you know, book. He's a, a great writer. Well, he is a great writer, but you know what he's now decided? He's, he's now decided that he's not any longer going to describe the physical appearance of women in any of his books, because he thinks that in some way that's not the right thing to do. Now, well, well, no, he fears he's a writer. cancel culture. He fears. Yeah. He, in the past, he has written descriptions of women and been accused of being a sexist and being uh, told, you have no right to describe women because you don't know what it is. But he's to a writer. Be a woman. I know, right. I know. Oh, that, I'm that with stay in your laneism stuff is dreadful for literature and art yeah. and all of it. It's like it's crap. Well, his new book is called Snow, Count, Snow Country, and he's got a woman called Lena apparently in it. Yeah. But he hasn't doesn't describe what well, she looks he, like. But, he, but he, and, and, uh, he says it's liberating. I say it's an abrogation of your I know duty is, um, as a novelist. You have to describe what things and what people places look like. That's part of your job. Well, he says of a novel. But you he's, know, he's, he's not liberated. He is intimidated by the cancel culture woke mob uh, uh, who have been Yeah, but he's now before. actually saying that he's going to leave it to the I readers know, to decide. I know, I know. Well, why doesn't he just why? release a book of 100 yeah. does, blank or, pages or, or, or just fill in the blanks, maybe. You well, know, he, like, he, get to, to the, real, the really exciting well, the, bit of the chapter. The character yeah. And then, it's like, a couple of pages you just write yourself. Well, it's like those kids' book where it goes, if you want Danny to go into the haunted house, Go to page yeah. 271. Yeah. Well, isn't it like and they do used to that. do three or four different endings for movies yeah. and then test them in the, in the cinemas to see who, which one they like better? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's mad. But he says, he says that to the, so this character, Lena, is being uh, pursued by two men. 
Mm. So he says it's inherent in that situation that she must be terribly attractive. Not necessarily. Well, not necessarily. Well, you see, this is the only... He's Maybe gonna she's himself got three legs. He's going to get himself, he's gonna get himself <laughs> into even more trouble then, because as you can't try and explain that why you haven't described her because she's too attractive, then you're already doing it anyway, yeah. Yeah. aren't you? But he's, he's been... He's 68 years old. In some ways, uh, you know... Uh, Cut him some slack. He probably just doesn't want any more hassle. Well, maybe uh, you shouldn't write any more books. But he's, inti yeah. he's intimidated by the cancel culture mob. I mean, yeah. even Dawn French has said he's an idiot. For yeah, even Dawn French. You know, that. and she's quite a sensible woman. I mean, and when we're talking about great writers, of course, Dawn French has to be right up there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, just... how about this one? It's a better one for you then. Booker Prize winner Bernadine Evaristo. She says it's ridiculous. She says it is ridiculous mm. that uh, you can't, you know, to ask people to reinvent their imagination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you, that's why books are often better than films. Yeah. Because you're seeing your own film, yeah. your head. Exactly. And, I mean, D.H. Lawrence spent about I three mean, chapters read... saying why he fancied Miriam and Lady Chatterley. Yeah. When I read, I mean, you know, Tess the Dermabills, I knew exactly what she looked like, yeah. right? But that's not, I mean, part of the it's fun of South reading Bank a book shows. for me is when... when turned into the South Bank a, a no, show. Well, but when a novelist uh, describes <laughs> something, you... you like of the week. But you form a picture in your own mind, don't you? You and do. If he's not going to give you any pointers, then... It becomes Sorry. a hopeless book, doesn't it? It's not going to have any point. I'm not I won't be reading it. I won't yeah. be reading it either. Who's your third one? Uh, oh, yeah, Charlie. Prince Charles. Prince Charles, hey. yes. Prince Charles for, um, for saying that he's sympathetic to the um, insulate Britain people who don't actually insulate their own houses, oh. but they sit on the road. And, um, and he talks about sustainable... He's got a sustainable clothing line, Prince Charles. You know this. And he's got a sustainable Does it car. come out as he's the... Uh, what, do they, what do they call it? The uh, What's his estate called? The, the, High Grove. The, the, the Duchy. No, the Duchy of oh, Cornwall. Cornwall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he's... Uh, He's, he's, he's got all of it. He says build back better a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Which it makes... I lose a year of my life every time yeah. anyone says You're going to be dead better. pretty soon. I know, yeah. I'm going to be dead in next I week. hate that phrase. I oh, really do. God. He, he's just... It's it's the fact that he's converted his car to run on cheese and wine. I don't believe that. But you can only... Can it's, it's his Aston Martin, which he's had for about 30 years. And you can only convert your car to run on... It's actually sort of vegetable waste and wine. Oh, Wine and cheese. You can only do it if you've got a spare three hundred grand. Right. Yeah, but imagine butler yeah. sat there going, oh, "I love cheese and yeah. wine," and Charlie's going, "Don't worry, put it in the car. <laughs> put it in Any the car." Any particular kind of yeah. cheese? Drive me I over mean, to the M25. Is it a Wensleydale or right. you know Stilton? I mean, creamy. But he he, uh, uh, he sympathises with them. Doesn't he, he? He'd be more useful to this nation sat on the motorway. Actually, arm if Prince Charles glued hybrid. himself to something, I'd be in favour of that. Yeah, I would too. Pref yeah. Preferably something that moves. Yeah. He, 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 uh, <laughs> moves. So that's Camilla out of the picture then. Uh, <laughs> so, so, he, he also uh, he, he describes, he says about Insulate Britain, he said, I really, really totally understand why these young people are so motivated about climate. They're, They're not young. They're all ancient. 90, right. you know. Did you see that story today about the woman who's uh, apparently vowed to unleash hell on drivers? Um, but she, her husband works yeah. for TfL, Transport for London. Although, to be fair, as I said, he probably creates more traffic jams than she does. He's, and, he's and, running our road system. Uh, and also the other one, he popped round the world on the round-the-world trip to Canada. Oh, yes. And, and you know, driven hundreds of miles. She's Why? the one that doesn't have an electric car because she can't afford one. Yeah. So she's got yeah. a diesel car. Yeah. Yeah. to drive her kids to school. They're so which, easy. Which is fine, but, you know, don't tell us what to do then. Every day, every day though, there's a new spokesman, isn't there? And there's, yeah. that, that, there's a guy called Liam Norton. They should really he's fire him. He's a He's the one who said, I don't really care about insulation. Yeah, <laughs> he, said that, he said, that's not the point. No. Whether I've insulated my home. 
No. I'm like, well, it sort, sort of is. is kind of. There's a story about it. Why don't you care about insulation? Because I'm a hypocrite. You're a great spokesman. You really yeah. are. He's obviously, but these guys are obviously quite enjoying their moment in the sunshine. A bit like, a bit like Messrs. Witty are, and Valance. No I mean, they love these. nothing no... more than to be Absolutely. interviewed. Well, yeah, but I think like with these you. insulate Britain people, there's no doubt we're talking about a small number of people, all of whom have psychological problems. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they are imbued with a sense of their own saintly piety. Mm. And uh, they, they, they looked at... I mean, I've had a couple of them on my show, and they, and they talk to you in pitying terms. Oh, you don't understand the truth. So, you know, the thing is, I do, you don't. And there's nothing worse than absolute certitude. Yeah. Absolute certitude is a sign of psychological de- deficiency. Moral supremacy. This woman, Doomsday right? cultists. Yes, apparently. That's what they are, anti-modernists. Yeah. She's a Cambridge philosophy graduate. Yeah. And this is the thing, Figures. right? There are always people that don't have to go to work, right? So Thank the, God I didn't go to university. I know. Hubby, hubby at TFL is probably on a six, nice six £170,000 a year. There you go. So she is of one of Britain's is. apparently most prolific climate activists has been, and has been arrested on several occasions, including uh, twice in London protesting for Extinction Rebellion when she glued herself to a hotel and, <laughs> and the DLR train. So they should have definitely set the train moving. Always. Because you know when it comes into the tunnel just before bank, yeah. then, you, then you're the, going to be, you know. It's the two-tier policing of this stuff as well. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, what gets yeah. you when they're all sat there with their little vegan arms yeah, yeah. hammering at that. <laughs> <laughs> that building and the police just stood there doing standing nothing. there going yep well, we're I mean, watching the two, you the two worst incidents were the the WPC asking them if they're all very comfortable Are you all right? anything yeah. we could do in a nice way yeah. and, and like a the, vegan sausage almost roll. worse than that was there was one moment where in the early stages of their road blocking where they were trying to block a, an access road to the M25 and the, the traffic was so intense that they couldn't actually get on to the they literally could not find a moment to do it so a copper went out and stop the traffic for them so they could get onto the road and stop it. It's unbelievable. And as you say, Lawrence, this is because if you protest against lockdowns or you're an anti-vaxxer, they have you clap you in arms within seconds. If you protest about climate change... Oh, they're punching you to the ground. It's the new... They've squeezed COVID as much as they can now. You know, they've squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and now they go, right, what... what, How next are we going to tax other people who are in their lives? I know. It is absolutely unbelievable. So who's your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, the uh, incredibly. She's still the Met Police Chief. <laughs> she's still got the job. Yeah. Uh, now. Well, but you know why? Because they haven't got anybody else well, to give I it don't, to. I That's don't, what they keep saying. I don't buy We've got nobody it. else. I don't buy it. My theory is that the reason she kept her job, I know for a fact, that Pretty Patel was extremely keen on ending her tenure in charge of the. Most yeah, but Pretty Patel is also extremely keen on ending the yeah. arrival of many, many thousands yeah. of immigrants. Yeah, from, but, but, uh, but the, the, point, the point is on the beaches. Well, it's the point is though that, that, Sad, uh, that Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London has more power in the appointing of the Met Police Chief than the Home Secretary. And so, therefore, she wanted to get rid of him, but Khan wanted to keep Cressida Dick because Cressida Dick does the woke policing that he likes, uh, a la the the, uh, Insulate Britain lot. So, anyway, the point is that that Cressida Dick... So we... She was in charge of the uh, Met Police when the disgusting, sordid, vile Wayne Cousins saga unfolded. 
Wayne Cousins uh, was a serving police officer uh, running horrible WhatsApp groups full of racism, homophobia, uh, pornography. Uh, he was flashing around uh, left, right and centre uh, and all his mates called him the rapist because he made women so uncomfortable. So, all, so this, th- it's not just about him. This is about uh, co- uh, toxic cop culture yeah. that uh, thrived under the leadership of Cressida Dick. Well, hundreds of police officers. So this is the woman who has presided over this series of catastrophes for many years, and now we're being told, oh, well... All the, the all public trust in the police has gone, particularly among women. Women do not feel uh, safe under the streets. This is all the fault of Cressida mm. Dick. And what is uh, the authorities, what, what is their response to this? Oh, we'll give her another two years. Yeah. You cannot restore confidence in the police with the same loser leader no. in charge. She, she has to go. She I does agree. have to go. But her boss, though, you know... Well, funny enough, he brings us nicely onto my third nomination, which is Sadiq Khan. Did he mention his dad was a bus driver? No, but he has done. Sajid Javid and uh, Sadiq yeah. can't get together to argue about whose dad was a better bus driver. Yeah. My well, dad was a bus driver. My dad was a bus yeah, driver. My dad, yeah, route. all right, your dad was a bus well, driver. Well, I'm putting him in as plank this week, not because of anything like that, but because he's already cancelled this year's fireworks display for New Year's Eve, right? Just today, <laughs> just before we started this show. Now, last year they didn't do it because we were under lockdown. Do you remember? They, yeah. they locked everything down yeah. on December the 18th, I think uh-huh. it was. Um... But there's no reason to lock it down now because there's no real suggestion that COVID is coming back. Right? Maybe, the, maybe the guy that made the European flag fireworks is busy that day. Oh, could or be. Or the guy who made the Black Lives Matter fist is busy that week. That's possible. You know, you never know. He does say, because they did it last year. It was kind of uh, cheek by jowl with the proper firework display. They basically told everybody not to show up. And one of the things they said, I think, was if you do show up, you'll be arrested. So right. you'd be arrested for going to watch some fireworks now on New Year's Eve because that's not what you should be doing. Don't you have shouldn't fun. be having any fun, like with other people. Also, as somebody pointed out, 100,000 people would normally be watching it on the embankment in the open air. He's just come back from Labour Party conference where he was singing and, you know, in nightclubs without a mask on. I'm glad he wasn't wearing a mask, but, you know, how does that mean he now stops people from being outside watching a firework display? Because he's an elite and <sighs> we're, we're the little plebs that, he, that the elites boss around. And last year, I seem to remember, they did they not do... Because so, I remember it took me by surprise because we weren't expecting it and then suddenly there was some kind of display, which I think was um, virtual, or at least it wasn't real fireworks or something, I don't know. But they did something, didn't they, over the river, but nobody was there to see it because they'd warned them all off. This is the mayor of, uh, you know, one of the world's great cities, our capital city, who, on the day uh, that it was revealed... Uh, that uh, there have been an unprecedented number of stabbings mm. and shootings and killings in the capital. And on the day that Wayne Cousins was sentenced and the true horror of his story emerged, uh, the Mayor of London stood up and said, my main priority is climate, climate change. Right. And he tweeted, like, two seconds after, oh, after that stab. I met those. Here's a real annoyed me about, and it was really upsetting when I did the mayoral thing, because I took it really seriously. And I I went to meet people who'd been stabbed and who'd parents of both, stabbers, murderers and murderees. And the one thing you'd expect your mayor to do of a city is the minute someone is stabbed and killed, a young person is stabbed and killed on the streets, get in your bloody car, get over there and start saying, and say, what can I do to help? That's what you do. 
But he doesn't. He's got. He's like, no, it's raining. Climate change. Clouds. Clouds don't stab people. People do. He made a speech saying you don't realise how jealous Paris is of London because of all the work we do on climate change. You know, we're all residents of London. I don't want you to do any work on climate change. No, thanks. It's not a city chief's job to worry about exactly. climate change. No. That's a prime minister's yeah. job. Yeah. You know, why is he taking on this mantle? Because it's easy. Because he wants to be the next, they believe Well, he that. does. Yeah. Well, we've reached that point now because this is when we decide who is going to win Plank of the Week. Now we've got to choose three out of the nine that we've nominated, so we have to narrow it all down to one. So what we do here is, Kevin, you choose, why don't you choose the best one that you like from Lawrence's. OK, so Lawrence has to reel off And then he can then. choose mine. So I was Sajid Javid, Prince Charles or Superman, the bisexual. <sighs> because I'm so sick of the saturation point we've reached with climate change, that everybody's droning on about it all the time, uh, and I don't think that the royal obsession with it helps at all. William's almost as bad as Charles. Uh, I'm going to say Prince Charles uh, for having the temerity to state that he sympathises with Insulate Britain. Yeah. Uh, uh, an organisation, yeah. by the way, which uh, almost nobody sympathises yeah. with. I don't yeah. think anybody does. I mean, they've managed to Certainly be the world's now. most unpopular pressure group. Nobody wants them. Nobody no. likes them. And one of them's going to probably get quite badly injured if they don't stop. Yeah. I, I just thought it was unwise for Prince Charles to say that. Uh, and it's such an easy bandwagon. But it reminds us as well. people to jump It also on, reminds it? us that he's still a bit of an old eccentric and maybe he shouldn't be put in charge of the country. Well, yeah, let, let's skip a generation, shall we? <laughs> right, now, so my three were Sally Rooney, um, Sebastian Fawkes and Sadiq Khan. Oh, it's I don't hard. want to let you, you. I don't your political bent to come in on this. No, I, I'll, I'll leave Sadiq. Everyone knows how I feel about. Sadiq. I mean, he's quite I, high up the plank of the year list. At the yeah, he's, well, he's, so. he's a massive plank. But mm. I'll put Sally Rooney on it yes. because I think that it's appalling to uh, single out people based on an ethnic origin or a national identity as to whether they can and can't read a book. I believe that there's a word for that that mm. people people are afraid to use mm. and they often misuse. Yes, I think that's very true. So um, Kevin, mine were uh, John. Jonathan Van Tam, yeah. Deputy Chief Medical Officer, British Airways and Cressida Dick. Yes. That's quite tough as well, isn't it? I think because this is the week of the COVID report, mm. it sort of has to be Jonathan Van Tam, doesn't it? I'll take him. He rather likes being on telly as well. Oh, he loves it. He but this is the thing with all of them. I mean, they, they, they've yeah. all become these kind of characters. Like, the thing used to really annoy me is you'd get these sage people that you'd never heard of and they'd be introduced on some radio show and this is so-and-so from sage, but they're speaking to us in a personal capacity. You're going, well, why are you on then? <laughs> you're either on as a member of sage or you're on as some bozo that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, you're not oh, a personality. You're a it's member of sage. Yeah. It's like Fauci. He's never off the telly. Yeah, he loves no. it, doesn't he? He loves it. Tell us a bit about, before we let you go, because we're very delighted to have you. Tell us a bit about the Hunter Biden movie. Yes, so I'm taking a sabbatical from being my cancellation. I imagine it will only be a very short sabbatical because yes. I don't showbiz is... is I don't um, think Hollywood's going to be looking for you anytime no, soon. No, no, I don't think they like me anymore. So it's basically just what happened. It's a surreal comedy and it's only a surreal comedy because of what happened. Yeah. What, what he got involved in. How did how did Joe, on his little uh, senator's salary, manage to accumulate so much money? Ten for the big guy. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, are you able to do the story well without having to worry about legal issues? I know <coughs> in America it's not quite so bad as it is here. I, I think that uh, that was I, I was I, that was one of my first questions. I was like, <laughs> who's going to release this? Right. 
So we'll have to, we'll have to see. Yes, that's when when are you start start filming? I'm going to go next Friday, okay. and um, then they will do it in record speed because it's just a little independent movie. Right. Okay. Straight to well, I used to say straight to DVD. But well, I imagine there's, matter, se- now, there's, imagine there's 77 million Americans who will quite want to watch it. I think there will be. Do you know what I mean? I, can, I mean, you, you should get know. you should get like an old friend of mine and well, both of us, Martin Dunn. I remember he got a, a dollar. He got appointed editor of the New York Daily News, and he got a deal where he got a dollar for every um, extra copy he added on. Really? Um, so you should do that. A yeah. dollar for every every film you sell. Okay, yeah. why is it 77 enough? million I don't, later? I don't have an agent anymore because my agent sacked me. As they well. sacked you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who can find somebody? Anyway, listen, Must so who are we going to put in? So we've got Prince Charles, Jonathan Van Tam, and Sally Rooney. We have to pick the winner. We should be inclusive. Yes. So it should be a female. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think and that's true. It should be equitable and diverse. Yes. Equitable. So if we She's diverse, Irish, Sally Rooney. Well, there you go. So She's, there you go. I'm, I feel I'm it. happy with that. I'm for the team. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very timely one. And, I mean, I'll let you guys work out whether Prince... I think Prince Charles is number two, maybe. What okay. do you think? Yeah. Member of the royal family. And then Jonathan Van Tam, Van member Van. of the government scientific advisors. Member advisor of the medical elite who keep giving us wrong advice. Yeah. Yes. And then blame it on us when yeah, it all yeah. goes wrong. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your children's fault. fault. Yeah. I look forward to his next um, you know, apology, which he's not going to make. Killing your grandmothers. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, say Kevin. killing the grandmothers and everything will be fine. Yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, Lawrence Fox, thank you very much indeed. So, what we can tell you is Sally Rooney, renowned author, winner of various literary prizes, now... Plank of the week. Well done. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.